Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. People will love you. People will have you. And none of it will have anything to do with you. Prince Charles, I mean, he's so often painted as this sort of doddery, plant-hugging lunatic. Meghan and Harry are going to be raising a gender-fluid baby. Hello and welcome to New Idea Royals, the only podcast that takes us behind the scenes of palace life. I'm Rebecca Hyde and today we have coming up Meghan and Kate's first public appearance together since Christmas, Prince Charles and Meghan's beautiful bond and lastly a very interesting comment from the palace. Joining us today to discuss all of this is royal expert and commentator Angela Mollard. Morning, Beck. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very well. More royal things to talk about. That's very, very exciting. Yes, <laughs> an action-packed week. So first of all, overnight, the royals celebrated 50 years since Prince Charles was given the title of Prince of Wales. So where and how did they celebrate, Ange? Well, it's a, a bit of a big deal, 50 years. Um, Massive they, deal. they celebrated in London at the Palace. Um, everyone was there. Prince Philip wasn't, actually. He was the one that wasn't. But it was uh, Meghan and uh, Kate, Harry, William, Princess Anne, Camilla, Charles, obviously, the Queen, the uh, British the Prime names, Minister. The Fab Four. Uh, it, was all, it was all there. And look, I think what's really interesting is that you think that the Prince of Wales' title is just automatically conferred on him at birth. It's not, in fact. He was given this title when he was 11 years old in 1958 but the formal investiture so the the point at which he was formally given the Prince of Wales title was not until just before his 21st birthday in July 1969 so 50 years on it's a big deal that he's it's been it's a massive deal mm, and look at uh, the, the interesting thing about um, Prince Charles, I mean, he's so often painted as this sort of doddery, plant-hugging lunatic, but he is actually incredibly um, thoughtful and dedicated to this role. So between and so um, hardworking, so hardworking, and before he went, uh, before he took on the, the the title, the Prince of Wales officially, um, he went to Wales. He went to a university there, learnt how to speak the Welsh language. He's very. Oh, did he? I didn't realise yeah, that yes. he can actually speak Welsh. Welsh which if, if you amazing. if you if you've ever heard Welsh, it's incredibly, yeah, of course really you would have, yeah, really hard. Um, I mean, he's he's incredibly uh, uh, loyal to that um, oh, that, that province of, of England and very, um, you know, it, it means a lot to him. They go there regularly, he and Camilla, they are very involved um, and he takes that title very seriously. And look, it, sometimes it feels like the royals are always celebrating something, you know, with a zero next to it. In, the, in a, in a, in this sort of time, in I suppose what it does suggest is is it, it really recognises that it's been half a century of service. So you think of Prince Charles as the guy waiting to take the throne. Yes. In you fact. Do. In the last 50 years, it's the work that he's done, and this is recognition of that, that, you know, this man has been at, you know, multiple events, not just in Wales, but across the world in his role as um, as the Prince of Wales. And um, this is part of that recognition. Yeah, it makes me really think that he's ready to be king and he deserves it. And this is the first time we've seen Meghan and Kate together since Christmas. How are relations? I've been desperate to see how they were going to react. 
Interestingly, look, and I, I think this is the, the the difficult thing with the coverage of these events is that we see a selection of images and we see a selection of video, but we don't see the whole thing. Look, they both they were both with them. Megan now looks very heavily pregnant. She was wearing a, a gold and silver brocade dress and uh, a white coat. She Kate, looked amazing. She did look I amazing, love that actually. Outfit. And then Kate was wearing a sort of pale, very pale, bluey, greeny dress. Um, very pale, very. Um, very proper and uh, very high neck, very um, long sleeves. Uh, looked a bit older than I think yeah, she is. Yeah, wasn't I, my favourite Kate outfit. No, she just looked amazing recently. She has wasn't looked a fan. amazing. And I just think a 37-year-old woman doesn't need to dress like a, a 60-year-old woman. And uh, look, it's no criticism of her. Uh, just And I like the fact that this dress was actually just made by a, 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 an, a, an anonymous dressmaker. Yes, so it's, I love it's clearly it she someone that, that um, yeah. She's got someone that makes um, clothes for her look she looks amazing in everything but this wasn't this just wasn't my favorite as for relations look they we, we haven't seen any footage of them talking with each other or any images of them that are sort of near each other but interestingly a uh, royal body language expert um or body language expert who looks at the royals judy james came out and said that she very much thinks that megan was put in the corner at this event and Certainly, if you look at the pictures, Kate and William are front and centre, perhaps as they should be, because yes, William, that's of course, is heir to the that's throne. How it should work. I think she wasn't so much put in the corner as that she was off to the side. Um, the, uh, Judy James made the comment that, that Harry looked grim-faced and that the rest of the family took centre stage. I think you can read too much into these sorts of things. Look, they are formal events. There's a lot of um, the great and the good there when you've got prime ministers and things like that um, and presidents from other parts of um, Europe. I think you need to be aware that, you know, you can't quite determine how people are going to move in certain situations and we only get a selection of the pictures. Certainly, Kate and Megan weren't buddy buddying up, but you no, know, these the, the, they are sisters in law. They don't have to be best friends, and I think the notion that they have to be bosom buddies the whole time is is sort of a bit unfair. Just you know, some of us like our sister in laws, some of us don't. Some of us are close to family, some aren't. And I think um, I think we need to. St- Stop expecting them to be the best of friends. They are the same age, and they are in the unique position of being married to the, the you know the, the two key figures in the um, in that generation of the royal family. But that doesn't mean that they're the same people. They are very different. They've grown up in different ways. They have different family circumstances, and they have different interests. And I'm sure they're very civilized with it to each other, and I'm sure they're very kind to each other. But that doesn't mean they have to be best friends. That's right. And also, their job that day was to be talking to other people, not each other. So. Exactly. That's a really, really good point, Beck. That you know, this is what the royal family do. And they were talking to people. Um, Megan was talking to a sustainability um, expert. Harry, for instance, was speaking to uh, a Falklands uh, veteran and a rugby player and various other pe- people. So they're they're. Um, as you say, their their job is to look outward, not inward. Yeah, not chitter chatter amongst each other. Mm. Um, but we understand Prince Charles is rather fond of Meghan. What can you tell us about them, the heir to the throne and his daughter-in-law? Yeah, this is really interesting, and I think you can see this warmth. I mean, at Ascot uh, Royal Ascot earlier in the year, there was this um, beautiful pictures of of him laughing joyously at something yes, that I she had them. said. Lovely. I think they're very close. Look, we know historically that Prince Charles has called her. Um, 
Tungsten, which is a very, it's his nickname for her, which is very, very tough metal. And this was in the wake of the fact that, um, you know, when her dad didn't turn up for the wedding and how how emotionally she robust she was. But I think what's sort of come out is that she shares his interests in art and culture. And she's also incredibly interested in the history of the royal family. I mean, she, that one of the things I think that we haven't quite really understood yet about Meghan is she's a very clever woman. She seeks to understand and to know things. She's very knowledge-based and Prince Charles is very knowledge-based. So I can imagine them walking around um, you know, Clarence House and Highgrove together and and actually Meghan, instead of just walking past these 500-year-old paintings, would actually stop Charles and say, tell me about this one or tell me about your garden or what organic methods and tell me about Dutchy Originals. What is actually in these biscuits? Yes, he would love that. He would yeah. love that. I, I think she's a curious and attentive person. I think acting by its very nature as a job demands a curiosity about the human condition. You cannot be an actor if you're not curious about how people think and act and react. And I suspect Prince Charles, often dismissed by his own family, certainly dismissed by Prince Philip, who's always thought he was a bit of a spineless weakling, um, you know, dismissed in some respects by his first wife, um, Princess Diana. He's a little bit on the outer. He's an awkward, uncomfortable man in some respects. Yet he has these really innate core interests that I think she would be curious about and thus interested and that that would cause them to have this love, it will lead them to have this lovely bond. I think in terms of an ongoing relationship, it bodes very well for, for, for both of them. I think having that sort of relationship, you know, a sort of fatherly protective one, particularly when they have children, is going to be really important for Megan in the absence of her own father. But I also think that Megan's interest in the world and her very contemporary way of living is actually going to feed into the, lots of the things that um, Prince Charles talks about and is interested in. I remember when I went to the Australian Geographical Society dinner, which Megan and Kate were at during the tour in October, Prince Harry flagged the fact that his father was at the forefront of environmentalism before other people were even interested in it. I think there's a respect from the boys. I think that respect is corroborated by and, and encouraged by Meghan. And we do know that Meghan's also been incredibly proactive in keeping the relationship between Harry and uh, his father alive after, you know, there was the years when Harry was grieving um, the loss of his mother and wasn't quite so close to, to Charles and was going through some of the struggles that he was going through. So Megan's really brought them back together. Brought them back That's together. So That's to what hear. people are saying. Yeah, and I, think, I believe um, that. Yeah, and I think he'd be really, I think he'd be charmed and interested in her. Apparently Camilla likewise is trying to do everything she can to make her feel welcome, which is lovely. You know, they really need allies when the rest of the world is sort of not necessarily turning on Megan, but sort of questioning and sceptical about her motives. Yeah, so she's made a good impression, so that's great. Mm. Um, and Megan also let her views be known on sustainable food. What do we know about that? She was talking to Patrick Holden, who is a, a leader in the field of sustainable agriculture. He's a longtime friend of uh, the Prince of Wales okay. and is very involved in the uh, farming at Highgrove and using sustainable farming me um, methods. Now, usually when people speak to the um, royals, they don't actually 
come out afterwards and say what they've no, talked about. Very in rarely. This, in this case, Patrick Holden has given us uh, quite a lot of detail. Oh, he said that the Duchess is very well. She said, they were talking about um, the issues with um, US food systems and, the, and production and, and how they're not organic and sustainable and there's lots of problems with them. And he, he came out and said the Duchess is very well aware of how indu- the industrial US food systems have become um, and the need to make change. There was a lot of conversation about how badly wrong the US food systems are and how we need to act. And then he even went on to say, she's pregnant and obviously wants to make sure she's eating the right things not just for the health of the baby but also its mental health now this is quite i mean it's highly political to criticize a country's production system particularly you know food is one of the most central things we do and america as well indeed look you know the palace hasn't um corroborated this or made any comment about it but i think it shows megan's interests in these sorts of areas and she's not scared to speak out she's not scared to speak out and she's also um you know, she's at the forefront of science and and environmentalism and literature on these subjects. I mean, she's as we were just saying, I think she's, you know, she's really clever. She's going to take the royal family in a way that the Queen, to be honest, has as well. We know of her association with David Attenborough. She's yeah. banned plastic straws from the um, from the palace. She, the the um, documentary she did with um, Richard Attenborough it was. Um, beautiful in terms of how she looked at her garden and that sort of thing Um, and we saw she was very right I think it's a movement within the royal family to um to be interested in these subjects and of course it's long been so for Prince Charles it's something he's very authentically interested in shared interest on them all Mm. And Meghan is also getting support elsewhere. Can you tell us about that? That's right, Beck. So um, Meghan's friend Jessica Mulroney has um, come out and she's been doing a few social media posts. Look, they're quite um, pointed and I think uh, they suggest a connection and then that she's sort of sending out these sort of um, indirect messages about Meghan. As we know, Jessica Mulroney is a long-time friend. She uh, is married to... Uh, the son of a former Canadian Prime Minister, Ben Mulroney. Um, he's a television host in Canada. When she was working on Suits, they became friends, and she's very stylish, and she's a style um, influencer. Important part of her indeed, wedding. and she, yeah. yeah, and she yeah. and she helped organise the baby shower. But anyway, what she's been sharing on her social media posts is a couple of things. Which um, she uh, one she came out and said, um, "This is a tough reminder, but a very important one." And then she captioned a quote from Abraham Hicks which read, people will love you, people will have you, and none of it will have anything to do with you. I love that quote. And and do you know what? It's true. You cannot – years ago I I I read something similar that said you you cannot change what people think about. You can only – you know, you, so you're, own, you're yeah. in charge of what you, how you go about your um, day. You know how your days how and your you weeks in the world. It. Yeah. She also, a few days later, um, Jessica put another um, message out, um, and which perhaps suggested that Megan was having a hard time coping. She said, "Surround yourself with the dreamers and the doers, the believers and the thinkers, but most of all, surround yourself with those who see the greatness within you, even when you don't see it yourself." I think this is it's. Definitely got to be something oh, to do with Megan. I look, totally you know, she's agree. been so um, uh, heavily critiqued in the aftermath of the baby shower and the cost of it, and and you know, flying by private jet, that sort of thing. The fact is, Megan is going to be an incredible part of the the family in the years and decades yeah. to come. She yeah. is going to be an an absolutely pivotal in being in the royal family being purposeful being interested being interesting being relevant and to have people on board and also that sort of I mean Becky you probably can 
can speak to this better than I can, but there's a sort of um, uh, what's the word about it? There's a, a drollness about the English temperament that's not the yeah. same as the Canadian course, temperament. Yes, yes, yes Canada, yes, of course, very is very different. perky. They're always upbeat. I've been they, there recently. Yeah. I can definitely compare. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no disrespect to the English because I love the English and I love the word, but they can be a bit, you know, it can be a bit doer and a bit sort of negative. And and that very Canadian true. American yep. positivity coming from people like Mulroney who who just say focus on you know focus on what you're doing the dreamers and the believers believe I can rather than I can't and I think these are yep. terrific messages whether they're for Megan whether they're not I think that they're yeah, um, they're well we worth safely hearing. can say they are yeah but it also makes me realise what you know what Megan's going through and that she must be feeling actually really sad at the moment for her to be posting it as well I find it all, I yeah, agree really, with you yeah, and if you really think about it when those times who do you generally turn to you turn to your, your family best friend yeah. she's got her mum oh, yeah of course but yeah. she doesn't have that really deep established extensive family to lean on does she so no. all the more reason why I'm really thrilled about her um, relationship and that close relationship with Prince Charles she's the got fact a great she's got good network, people yeah. um, like Mulroney and um and the various other people that were at the baby shower as well. She's going to need those people in the years ahead. And there are also true people. What we perhaps uh, covering the Diana years in London, what became apparent was that Diana sort of moved away from her own friendships and she started spending a lot of time with, at the time we called them quacks because they were alternative therapists. Of course, alternative therapists now are, are you know, part of everybody's life and you know, wellness, meditation, um, acupuncture, all that sort of thing. But Diana became – these people became her friends. They weren't her old, steady um, – you know, the, the, and everyone she didn't really – they, they were just transient friends and people. And I think that that as the years pass, having people in her corner will be incredibly important to Megan. And especially a Mao. I definitely want a Mao in my corner. Um, and we've heard she's also got a special event coming up this Friday for International Women's Day. This is really exciting. I can't wait. Uh, look, you can't buy a ticket to this, but um, it's it's going to be there's going to be it's going to be broadcast on on Twitter and various social media. Really interestingly, Megan is taking part in International Women's Day in a panel at King's College London with Julia this Gillard. I'm looking forward to Yeah, it. Julia Gillard, um, and she, that's in her role as the head of the Global Women's Leadership. Annie Lennox, who's in charge of a, um, education, the former singer yeah. of the Eurythmics. Um, um, Anne McElvoy, who's the, uh, one of the senior editors on The Economist, a brilliant woman and a, a real thinker. Look, the women on this panel, there's five or six of them, including Megan, are all really super intelligent. intellectually yeah. robust. I think it's going to be an incredibly interesting panel. Megan generally doesn't talk negatively in terms in terms of women's issues. She t- speaks positively. We know she spoke about education issues in terms of access to education is, is the way that women in developing countries can move forward um, and and um, sort of regain gain some equality in the world. I think Megan will be – I don't think it will be scripted, but I think the questions asked of her will be pre-vetted. She will have come up with planned answers. But it's really interesting, Beck, because traditionally and what we're to date what we've heard Megan do is offering prepared speeches. This is not a prepared speech. This is a panel. This is a discussion where people will interject, will they add new things. It's terrifying for her. Ter- well, I think she's going to do I think she'll do though. brilliantly as yeah. well. And, but I also think 
I love that in this late stage of pregnancy, she's still, this is something I really important to her. Forgetting yeah. that she's giving birth next month yeah. and she's still doing all these things. Exactly. That's so impressive. I cannot wait to hear what she says. I, I can't wait to hear. I hope Julia Gillard comes out afterwards and, and sort of um, shares a little bit about what, what this event. Oh, good same. honour. I mean, the thing is, it would be so easy to be sort of enveloped by the royal family to take on, you know, the onus of that position and to not... Um, adhere to those things that are true to yourself. Women's issues are true to her. Humanitarian issues are true to her. And the fact that she's continuing to do these things, which is slightly political for the royal family. You'd never see um, Kate, the Duchess of Cambridge, you know, talking so... I mean, Kate talks a lot about education and preschool education and things like that, which are very important to her. But the fact that Meghan... You know, from a young girl, she was pushing on on women's issues. As remember the advert where they said the men of the country need the women of the country need to yes. use the washing up, yes. and she wrote to the manufacturers of that product yes, and said, "Why should it just that. be the women doing the dishes?" I think it's authentic. I think, and, and it'd be great to see. But um, yeah, yeah so, I can't wait. So it's uh, yeah, you can't buy a ticket, but uh, it, I, there'll be a lot of coverage of it. Yes. and it'd be interesting to see. Good on her. That's so impressive. Um, and in other news, the palace has made a rare comment about Meghan and Harry's babies. What did they say? I'm very intrigued by this. Oh, this is uh, – there was a, a rumour going around started by Katie Nichol, who's actually a very um, uh, respected royal commentator. Yeah, she definitely. wrote about the fact that Kate uh, – sorry, Meghan and Harry are going to be raising a gender-fluid baby. Now, gender-fluid meaning that you don't actually refer to it as a boy or a girl. That's one interpretation of it. Gender-fluid yeah. can be a, many different things. Sure. Interestingly, the palace made a rare decision to come out and say that this was totally false. Interesting that they chose to do this yeah, on they, this. They really comments mm, that is very interesting. It is interesting. I think they're trying to. Um, they don't want controversy around the, the the baby. They want this to be a, a, a protected thing. Look, I think it suggests that perhaps something. Katie Nichols said that the word fluid was definitely used. Maybe it was in a different context. Who knows? But um, as I say, very interesting that the palace would actually come out and. Mm-hmm. Comment. They're really the Very. times that they've commented on Meghan recently have just been when Harry came out when they were first together and said, "Yes, you know, leave her alone." Massive deal. And yep. secondly, um, when Thomas Markle um, announced that he wouldn't be coming to the wedding, and they put out the um, comment that Meghan has always cared for her father. So they don't really it's something um, when it's really important, important. to Meghan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was also interesting. And well, that brings us um, to the end of our podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us and thanks everyone for listening and for more on the royals please go to newidea.com.au our facebook page new idea royals and of course please check out our latest royal mini mag in the current issue of new idea imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.